Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome everybody to Authentic Church. If you are new here, uh, we are a church that just has a really simple mission, and that is to love God, to love people and to live authentic. And we think that if we do that well, Jesus is so irresistible that he builds his church. And he is building his church. And, you know, we're a Bible-based, spirit-empowered, presence-driven church. What does that mean? Everything we do, we do based on the Bible. Our worship is based out of scriptures in the Bible. Um, When we pray, how we pray is based on the Bible. Um, We're spirit-empowered, meaning that we believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and well today. That when Jesus took his place at the right hand of the Father... The Holy Spirit was released to take his place in the life of the church and in the lives of the believers. And so we believe in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and in healings. And, uh, and God's been showing up. And we've literally seen people healed of depression, healed of, of di- addictions, um, healed of suicidal thoughts. Uh, we've seen literally a uh, thyroid woman with a thyroid issue that she got miraculously healed. Somebody that had horrible allergies got healed and could eat all the foods that they couldn't have eaten before. And God has shown up and doing amazing things in this church. And we also say we're presence driven. You know, Moses said in Exodus 33, he said, Lord, I don't want to go anywhere if your presence isn't going with me. Your presence is that one thing that distinguishes us from everybody else out there. And in my life and in my business endeavors that I have and in ministry and family and marriage and everything else, the presence of God is the thing that distinguishes us and should distinguish you as students coming into a new year for some of you. The presence of God distinguishes us. And we need more Christians to stand in the gap and, and to stand up for the things of God. I don't know if you've looked around, but the world is growing darker, feels literally like by the minute. And I was driving down the road the other day talking to a buddy of mine. I said, I would not be surprised if I saw pigs fly by my car There are so many crazy things happening in this world. And our prayer for you is that you would take a corporate encounter with God like we're having this morning, and it would lead to daily encounters with God. Because when you're encountering God on a daily basis, it's easy to hear his voice. You'll be led by his spirit, and you'll you'll start to look more like Jesus. That's the goal. Uh, The goal is that you're not going to be Jesus, but you're going to be like him, all right? And that's the goal. And if you just focus on that one simple thought, I just want to have an encounter with God every day. That could be at the beach. Hallelujah. (laughs) I met some students yesterday that came out here from Las Vegas. And I'm like, how do you like it? They're like, we love it. (laughs) (laughs) I can breathe, you know. That could be at the beach. That could be sitting in your chair. That could be walking through the mall. That could be sitting at a cafe. But just taking a moment and just focusing and saying, I want to have an encounter with God. Like when you really have that passion, our, that's, our, that's our prayer for you is that you're taking time from these corporate encounters and it's leading to personal encounters with God. Um, we have been going through a series on the book of Exodus, taking a look in some application in the life of a man by the name of Moses. Uh, some of you may have heard that name. Some of you may not uh, be familiar with that. Uh, Moses, his name literally means drawn up. And God is drawing us in, raising us up, and sending us out in Christians. And in week one, we looked at the burning bush experience. And how during that time when God spoke to him, Moses discovered 
his purpose. And a lot of times we can go through life and never discover our purpose. But when we discover our purpose, it's like, man, it's that fire that's lit on the inside of you. In week two, in week two we looked at Exodus chapter 4 where God asked Moses this question. Moses is asking, how am I gonna lead these people? How am I gonna do what you've asked me to do, God? I'm a stutterer, I don't feel like I'm qualified. And the Lord said to him, he said, son, what's in your hand? And he said, a stick. And we brought the application home to use what's in our hand to sow what's in our heart. Use what's in your hand right now to sow what's in your heart. Stop looking at the things you don't have or what you need, et cetera. Focus on what you do have and make that your priority. And our key scripture for the series has been out of Exodus chapter three, verse eight. It's gonna come up on the screen here. It says, so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up. God came down to rescue and redeem you. And Jesus is the greatest rescue plan of all time. And he didn't even just come to rescue you. He came to fully redeem you. John 3.16, a lot of you know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him won't perish, but they'll have eternal life. And a lot of people forget about verse 17. Check this out. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. To redeem, it means to compensate for the faults or the bad aspects of something. To gain or regain possession of in exchange for payment. Or to pay the necessary money to clear a debt. 1,600 years before Jesus, Moses comes onto the scene. And he's born into a rough time in life. Uh, There's a wicked guy that's ruling the area, uh, Pharaoh. And uh, the, the Israelites have been living there in Egypt for about 460 years. And the new Pharaoh doesn't remember the original uh, relationship that they had. All he sees is these Israelites are outnumbering us, and we better, we better take stock of them, and we better make sure that we put them under our fingers so that they don't overcome us. And so they started doing that. And then the Lord raised up this young man, Moses, who goes back, and after a series of, of events, he ends up back going back to Egypt. And so I've titled today's message, Dethroning Pharaoh. Uh, Let's pray, and uh, we'll jump into it today. God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your word is alive and active and breathing. And Lord, we didn't come here to hear a man speak. God, we came here to be hearing you speak. So Lord, I ask right now that you would speak. Your children have gathered together in this moment to hear you speak. So Lord, we pray that you would speak. God, give us eyes to see something that we never saw before. Give us ears to hear something we've never heard before. I pray that you touch our minds, bring about revelation. God, help us to understand things. And God, I pray for our hearts to believe you at your word. I pray for an atmosphere of faith. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn anywhere you want because it's still a free country. Hallelujah. I'm going to be in Exodus chapter 6. If you would like to join me, you can. If you don't have your Bible, we got a big Bible that will come up on the screen. We're going to pick it up in Exodus uh, chapter 6, verse 2. If you're with me, say amen. If you still need more time, say hold up. All right. No takers, so I'm guessing you're there. Verse 2. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord... I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. 
Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. You know, the Bible says that unto Israel, God shows his acts. But unto Moses, he showed his ways. And when you, when you understand God's ways and how he flows, you start to understand God's character. And it's important to understand God's character because when the storms come, and they'll come to everybody's life at some point or another, but when you understand the character of God, you know, despite what I'm going through right now, God is good. Despite what I've been feeling, I know he's faithful. Despite how bad I've been hurt by this situation or this person or whatever, I know that my God is trustworthy and loving and kind and gracious to me. God is good. He knew the end from the beginning, and he has this amazing way of working everything together for good. It doesn't say that he only works good things in your lives. That's where some of the Christians get it wrong. <laughs> they think if something bad happens to me, it's got to be a attack of the devil. No, sometimes just bad things happen, okay? But he can use every one of those things that we go through in life, and he can work it together for good. Uh, myself, my wife and I, we've been married for 19 years, almost 20 years, kissing her lips. And uh, we've been blessed with five kids a lot. We are, we are taking authority over this earth, and we are multiplying. I keep telling her I'm down for some more kids, and she's like, uh, maybe we adopt. <laughs> I'm like, babe, you're young. You're like, you know. I'm the old one in the relationship. <laughs> but when I met my wife, um, I, was, I was actually a single dad. So I, I ended up having a child outside of wedlock before I knew Christ. I was 20 years old, and uh, it was not immaculate conception as much as I wanted my parents to believe that it was. And, uh, and it was a really hard time. And we can laugh about it now. Ha, ha, ha. It wasn't so funny at the time, okay? And, and it was a really difficult moment for me. And I remember having time where I'm just like, Lord, what am I doing with my life? I felt so disconnected from the calling that you have for me. I felt like I blew it. I feel like I just threw away all these opportunities and everything else and my potential, and I just threw it away. And I, I went through a, a bout with depression. I was filled with shame. I thought I'd take my own life. And then, you know, I, I was going over to go to these concert over in Eastern. I grew up in Washington State. And, um, and I went over to this place in Eastern Washington called the Gorge. And it's this big, huge, beautiful Columbia River Gorge. It's just majestic. It's awesome. And I was going over there for concerts pretty much all summer. Anytime I could get a ticket to a concert, we went. And, uh, and so I went to these concerts, and then I got invited by one of my Christian friends who was actually, uh, he was a student here at Vanguard, but was from up there. And so he said, hey, man, I want to take you out. We're doing this Christian concert, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to go? I'm like, yeah. He's like, we got an extra ticket. I'm like, thank you. And I go there. And all these people are getting so excited in this music and worship like you guys were today. And I was just like, this is weird, man. I just thought, 
And maybe you feel like that today. I hope you don't, but maybe you felt like that today. And I remember just kind of like, man, this seems so odd. But it was a little bit odd yet intriguing, you know? It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like you, you, you're like, it's weird to me, but I'm kind of drawn at the same time. Like, how is that guy so passionate about the things of Jesus? You know, what is it? What's going on in his world? And so I remember just kind of this frustration brewing inside of me, and I started to get kind of like angry. And, you know, anytime that God is about to do a work in your life, it's like sometimes the devil will just come in and he'll try to just nitpick at it and he wants to derail you from having a moment with God. And so here I am, I'm, 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 I'm about to have this moment with God and all I can feel is, you know, anger. I'm looking at people that are worshiping, I'm like, they're so stupid, this is dumb, why did I even spend a whole weekend, you know, I came over here and blah, 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 and I could have been at home partying and blah, 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 what am I doing here? And I was just feeling so much anger and then I recognized it, wow, I'm really angry about nothing. And I walked over to the side of the stage. There's this guy that was singing that was a big deal back at that time. I didn't know who he was, and I didn't like his music, but I came to find out his name was Michael W. Smith. Which he was kind of a big deal in Christian music. I didn't know. I didn't grow up in church, man. Don't judge me. And so I go over to the side of, this, of the stage, and I'm just looking out on the gorge, and I was feeling anger, and I, and I just started to pray. And, and I grew up Catholic, um, the only time I really prayed was when I did something really bad because I was I kind of had this feeling like God was Zeus with a lightning bolt waiting to like strike me down, you know, and uh, and I go over to the side of the stage and I'm I just started to pray and from my heart, like really from my heart, I just said, Lord, if you're real, like if you're real, I need to know, I want to know, are you real? And I remember in that moment, I felt this love just envelop me. I didn't feel like I had to be the cool guy, the pretend cool guy. Didn't feel like I had to have the right. I just felt this unconditional love just coming and meet me there. And we sang that song today, Reckless Love, that Abella sang, which was so awesome. She did such a great job leading out this morning. And, um, and that's, I, I love that song because that's my life. In fact, if we went throughout this, this church this morning here in the sanctuary, I think all of us would say, yeah, that's me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me three. Like God has done that for me. He showed up in my life. Um, and so I had this, had this moment with God and it radically changed my life. And, and the first thing I did is I went back home and told my pastor and then I got baptized and, and became a sold out follower for Jesus. And as I've gone through now living for Christ for over 25 years and been involved in ministry, one of the things, one of the, the cautionary things that I see in Christianity is that a lot of churches and people have put such an emphasis on pray this prayer and become a convert when really Jesus never asked you to pray a prayer and become a convert. He called you to go all in, be baptized, and become a disciple of his. That's the differentiator. And that's where the church says, no, 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 we are essential no matter what's going on in the world. When the Holy Spirit shows up, we need to continue to gather and meet. And so that's what we're doing here. And so this church, if you're new to it, we want to welcome you. Uh, buckle up, you're in for an awesome ride. And we're going to walk alongside you through this season of your life. If you're a student here, we believe that God's got awesome things planned for you. That it's no accident that you're sitting in this room today. And around you is other people that are, we have actually a lot of former alumni uh, that are in the room with us that went to Vanguard University, that taught at Vanguard University uh, before as well. And we're just so glad that you're here and we're excited to walk along with you uh, this week. But Moses, so the text that we just read, it's on the heels of Moses 
having a meeting with God. And I don't know about you, has anybody ever had a meeting with God? I, like, I'm not, it's no war room today, God. We're not coming in here, I'm not coming in here just to have this beautiful intimacy. We're having a meeting. Because some things we talked about last week, Lord, you haven't done yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've had times where I went into a, a time with God where you get, you can get frustrated at different times. You can get frustrated at the seasons that you find yourself in. Anybody ever had a moment of frustration with God? Moses is having this moment where he's like, God, I, I left this good gig that I had with my father-in-law. It was pretty peaceful where I was at. You appeared to me in the burning bush. That got my attention. I've come back here to Egypt, but I'm telling them I'm doing the things, I'm doing all the things you tell me to do. And the people, they're telling me to get off and get away from here. Who am I to be a leader? And he's having this meeting with God. And at times in my life, and maybe your life too, it's like I've gone into my time with God and it's like, all right, Lord, I thank you for being here today. Uh, the reason <laughs> that I wanted to meet with you is because last week you didn't do what I asked you to do, <laughs> you know. And it's, if you don't get working, I can't pull all my weight in our relationship here, God, okay. So next time when I ask you to do something, I see you doing it for all my friends on Instagram. I see you doing it for all these other people. I see you blessing them. And I'm over here in a wasteland, and I'm waiting for you. So if you could please take these notes from our last 20 meetings and actually do something with it, I would appreciate it. Thank you. <sighs> Sila, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a meeting with God. So Moses has this freak out kind of moment with God, and he's like, what am I going to do? And the Lord reminds him. I, I, I love it. In, in Exodus 6, 2, the Lord simply responds. He says, I am the Lord. <laughs> Some of you need to be reminded today, <clears throat> you're not the Lord, okay? He is the Lord, and he's got a plan for your life. I don't know about you, but I find that a lot of times God's timing is off. You know, like, like everybody's like, oh, he's an on-time God. Ah, ah. He feels kind of late at different times in my life, you know. He feels a little bit late. He, he may be the on-time God, but he's rarely early. It would be nice if he was early sometimes. But I, I find sometimes, like Moses said, he's like, where are you, God? I'm doing, I'm doing the things. Where, where are you? So what do you do when the world that you live in doesn't match the word he gave you? What do you do when the world you live in doesn't match the word that he gave you? I'm going to list I'm going to give you three things here if you're if you're taking notes write these down if you're not taking notes write these down. All right. I want to encourage you to write these down. Number one, the first thing you do, and we know this, but sometimes we don't do it, you pray. Prayer needs to be our first response, not our last resort. The first thing you do is pray. And when I pray, when I find myself in a season where I'm kind of like, God, where are you? What are you up to? I feel like when I pray, all I'm doing is shouting the paint off of the walls. And I've had seasons like that. And if you walk with God long enough, you will have seasons like that. But the, the testing of your faith, that develops that perseverance, all right? And a lot of times your faith will be tested before it's rewarded. Some people give up in the testing and they don't ever experience the reward because they stopped and they fail to realize the fact that there's certain things that God wants to test and impurities he wants to work out of you so that you can walk in the blessings that he has for you. So two questions that I ask, I ask this question, Lord, what do you want to teach me? What are you trying to teach me? I don't know about you, but sometimes I can be kind of hard-headed. My wife can just be quiet right now. Um, I, can be, I can be stubborn 
at times. I like being right. I like being in control. I like to be the one driving the car. I don't do well in the passenger seat. I am the guy that's like clinching the handles. Uh, you need to uh, break right there, you know. My parents do that to me now as a grown man. It's like I, I'll go and visit my parents that live back in Texas, and I'll, I'll fly into town, and I'm always like, please, for the love of God, Dad, will you let me drive? Please, just let me drive. And so I'll drive, and, and as I'm driving, my mom is in the back, like, you know, having a heart attack, and it's like, clear, you know. And she's, ah, 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 all the time, you know. Control freaks, we don't, we, don't, we don't like it, right? We don't like taking our hands off the wheel. So I asked God, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? I don't want to lap this mountain again and again and again. What are you trying to teach me? The other question I asked, Lord, what do I do in this season? Okay, so I'm here. I'm not saying where, where I thought you would have me in this moment. What do I do in the season? So now the second thing is you do what you can where you're at with what you've got. You do what you can, right, where you're at with what you got. And like we talked about a few weeks ago, when God speaks to Moses, he says, what's in your hand? It's like a staff. And in one chapter, it goes from being Moses' staff, and then it was called at the end of that chapter, it became the staff of the Lord. At the end of chapter 4, it says it's the staff. Now this is God's staff. <laughs> he recognized it. Do what you can where you're at with what you got. Uh, my heart has been grieved this week, as many of you probably share the sentiments by what's been happening in Afghanistan. Um, for those that you may be unfamiliar with the situation, uh, the U.S. had planned to pull out of Afghanistan. It was something that was in works for a long time, but rather than removing all the U.S. citizens and millions and millions of dollars of equipment first, uh, we decided to pull out our troops first that left everything exposed, and Taliban came in and took control, and they were ch chanting, death to America. And the Taliban has been going door to door looking for Christians to kill, and unmarried women were taken captive. So if you're an un unmarried woman in this room, uh, and you were living over in Kabul, uh, you would have been taken captive, and many of them were. Uh, Christians are hiding in their homes, fearing what the Taliban's going to do to them, and it's a genocidal persecution. And uh, we literally have uh, reports that have come in. We have some different connections with ministries and, and Christians that are over there because um, the, the church in that area is one of the fastest growing movements, one of the fastest growing churches in the world. And they're coming to faith so quickly, and it's an underground church and somebody that got saved yesterday is now leading other people to the Lord today, and they could be martyred tomorrow. Uh, like, that's literally happening. And one of the churches uh, that we had a connection with through Casey Tate, Casey's one of our overseers, Casey can wave her hand, uh, she's actually here from Israel, she's usually in Israel full-time, but she's uh, been uh, here in the States, she'll be here for a while, but uh, she's using her gift of teaching uh, she has more degrees than Fahrenheit, and uh, so she's been using her gift of teaching and teaching here uh, from time to time, but uh, through some friends that she has over in that area, one of the churches has grown to over 2,500 people literally within the last week, and um, so despite all the darkness, despite everything happening, there's also some really good things happening, but we need to continue to lift them up in prayer, and it's a reminder that all it takes for the forces of evil to rule our world is for enough good people to take their hand off the plow and do nothing. And God's not calling you to do nothing. I don't care if you're a student. I don't care if you're 70 years old. God's called you to do something. 
you can do something with where you're at, what you got in your hand right now. Uh, I was encouraged, a bright spot in the middle of all this, there's a talk show host, a guy by the name of Glenn Beck, and he encouraged his, his listeners and his viewers to give, and they were going to raise money and charter planes and do what the government wasn't doing, and that was flying in on aircraft and then trying to get as many people out. And this morning's report was they got over 5,000 people out so far. And they've raised $30 million to be able to help those that are being displaced in Christian refugees. And they're sending to different places. And there's churches and individuals all around the, the great nation of the United States of America that are saying, hey, we have an extra room. We will house Christian refugees that are fleeing. And I just think that's awesome to see. Do what you can where you're at with what you got. Side note, by the way, um, there is a vote that is happening by September 14th. <laughs> if you are a registered voter in the state of California, I really encourage you to get out and vote. You can vote uh, no if you would like to keep the current governor in his seat, um, or you can vote yes to unseat him. Um, I'm... And I'm not trying to make this a political uh, piece or segment in the message today. Uh, but when, it, when somebody in power, if they told me to shut down my restaurant and they keep theirs open, that, that would be a strike against me. If they told me that my kids can't go to school but they sent theirs to school, um, that would be a strike against them in my mind. That's just me. But I would just want to encourage you to vote. Make sure you do that. Do what you can where you're at with what you got. Hebrews 10.39 says, But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We are people of faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We speak faith. The third thing that you can do is fast. Fasting. Like one of the most unpopular messages in Christianity is you need to fast, but I'm telling you, it works. Dieting changes the way you look. Fasting changes the way you see. You're gonna see spiritually when you fast. So I wanna encourage us uh, to fast in this season. Um, as a church body, this is, uh, this is an APB announcement for you. We are declaring a fast September 1st through the 21st, so Wednesday, September 1st, our fast would begin. I'd encourage you to join with us. And if you're um, in a position where maybe you can't fast uh, certain, certain foods, everybody can fast something. If somebody's addicted to sugar, fast sugar. Um, maybe you're fasting social media. Wouldn't be a bad idea uh, with all the craziness that's going on there in the world. Um, but I want to encourage all of us as a body to fast something in this season. And it's not just like I'm fasting and I'm not eating. I want to encourage us to really press into the things of God. So this coming Wednesday on September the 1st, we're kicking it off with a prayer and worship night that's happening right here in Needham Chapel. And if you've never been to one of our prayer and worship nights, it's going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to flow for two hours. We're going to pray for specific things. We're going to pray over the church in Afghanistan. We're going to pray and bless Israel. We're going to pray for our government um, from the White House uh, all the way to our legislation here that's going through in the state of California. We're going to be praying over the families, over children. We are a church that prays because Jesus said, my church will be called a house of prayer. 
And so we believe in prayer and the power of prayer. So we're going to come together on Wednesday night, and we're going to pray and lift the roof off of this place with our worship. And so I hope you can join us. And, you know, in fasting, a lot of times what happens when you go through a fast is is it's, it's addition by subtraction. It's kind of like you've removed some things from your life, and it's amazing how God begins to pour things into your life. I even, uh, there was a student last year that started coming to the church, and he was fasting uh, as he was heading into finals. And it was a really big test, and he was going to be graduating. And so he was fasting, and then the other thing that he did is he made sure that on, uh, on, sa- on Saturdays, he would have his Sabbath rest for the week. Okay, and so he would just unplug from everything. He wouldn't study. He wouldn't read anything. He would literally just give his brain a break. And he was a kinesiology major and got whatever degrees y'all get in that department. And, uh, and, and, and he ended up graduating with straight A's. It was amazing. And so there, there is power in fasting. There is power in prayer. So just want to encourage you to fast and press into God. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want to encourage you when you go into fast, if there's something that you feel like, what's that, what's that weight that's kind of held you back? What's that, what's that sin? Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a habit that's not even necessarily a sin. But you know, this habit, it's, it's permissible, but it's not beneficial. Does that make sense? So maybe there's some things there in your life where you're saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push that to the side, and for the next 21 days, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to get up early, and the first thing that I do, I'm going to start with my day with worship and prayer. I'm going to get into the Word of God. If you read the Word of God 15 minutes a day, do you know that you would read through the entire Bible in a year? 15 minutes a day. I put a timer on my phone uh, and my wife's and our kids' devices uh, when it comes to social media and spending time online. And so there's only so many hours a day that you get. Does anybody have one of those timers? And it's like, whoa, I looked at Instagram that long today. <laughs> like, you know, I encourage you to put that timer on there. And I would encourage you to set it at 15 minutes. And then you'll have a realization for how quickly that time goes. When I could spend 15 minutes reading the Bible. One of the things that we do as a family, particularly with my boys, is they're usually the first up. My girls, like they could sleep through the second coming of Jesus, okay? <laughs> they take after their mom. Uh, I'm an early riser um, because I just think that all men should be early risers. And so, so I'm an early riser and uh, get up while it's dark. I'm that guy. And, uh, and so I'll wake up early and usually one of my boys or both of them will make their way down. And the first thing we typically do is we read one chapter of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. There's one for every day of the month, most months. There's one for every day of the month. So even if you just started your day with that, but start doing something. Press into God and join us for the prayer and worship night on Wednesday, September the 1st. And I really want to encourage us, you know, dethrone Pharaoh in your life. You know, Moses was sent back to dethrone Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh was oppressing. Pharaoh basically is that thing, that person, whatever it is, that is in place between you and God. Pharaoh, sometimes in somebody's life, Pharaoh could be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Pharaoh could be an addiction. 
Pharaoh could be a number of different things. My question to you is, what's a Pharaoh that you've allowed in your life oppressing you that God's saying, it's time to dethrone that guy? It's time to get that person out of here. What is that thing? And we're going we're gonna to take a stand against it. Uh, years ago, there was an awesome movie that came out called Wonder. I don't know. Did anybody see that? They're like, I wonder what movie that was. Wonder. Now you have a movie to watch. Okay. It was called Wonder. It was based off of a book, and it tells a story about this young boy that's basically born with the odds stacked against him, and he's pretty deformed, and he's had all these different surgeries, and he's lived a pretty secluded life because of how much he's made fun of when they go out in public. And so the story goes, and uh, the young boy is at the age now where his, he's asking his parents, can, can I go to school? Will you allow me to go to public school? And reluctantly... Mom and dad say yes. They're reluctant because they know when you go into the school, they, they know the pressures that come, the peer pressure, the making fun of, uh, the, the jostling that's going to happen. They, they know what waits him in junior high. <laughs> and so they're reluctant, but they finally say yes. And so here, his first day of school is coming, and maybe you felt like this uh, for you freshmen, that this is, your, this is your first time away from home, and you don't know anybody, and you're rooming with somebody you've never met before, and you're just hoping they have good hygiene, Okay. And so he goes to school for the first time, and, and he's nervous, and he's, he's wearing a helmet. And it's kind of one of his things, this natural barrier, and it's kind of like, buddy, you got to take off your helmet. You can't go into school with your helmet. And so his dad gives him some encouragement, and his mom gives him an encouragement. And then his sister whispers in his ear, and I love this line of the movie. She whispers in his ear, and she said, hey, don't try to blend in when God's called you to stand out. Church, God's called you to stand out. We don't need more people that are just going with the flow. We need Christians to be able to take a stand. Stand for the things of God. Stand for purity. Stand for holiness. Stand for putting God as a priority in our lives. We need to take a stand. In the text today, God reminds Moses in verse 5, he says, I hear you, I've heard the groaning, and then he goes on in verse six, and he says, therefore the people of Israel, they will say, I'm the Lord, for I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from slavery. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. In verse seven, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from the burdens, the Egyptians, from the oppression. So my closing thought today is, what's God speaking to you? As we've been sharing today, what's God putting on your heart? What's he putting in, in your heart and your mind right now? We're gonna have a time of prayer, and specifically for the students of Vanguard University. We're so honored to have you uh, back in the building. It was a long year last year. Some of you I met... Some of the second-year students that are like, this is my first year at Vanguard, even though I'm a second year because nobody met here last year. And we're glad to have you. And whether you're a student or you're a person like me at my age of 45, God wants to lead you into this new season, and he wants to help you dethrone whatever Pharaoh might, you might be struggling with, you might be facing. So I'm going to have uh, Ezekiel join me up front. And we're going to pray over you. And then we're going to have a time of prayer. If the worship team could join me up at the front as well. Hannah, Abella, Noah, thank you.
If you could just bow your head and close your eyes for a minute, let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for speaking to us today. And I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice, God, that they would hear from you. Oh, we really didn't come to hear a man speak. We came to hear you speak. And God, as we dedicate this season to you, God, I thank you for a new season. Thank you for the school year. Thank you for kids going back to school. I thank you for people going back to work. Thank you for moving mightily in our region. And God, we just lift up our hand to you and we say, God, here we are. Use us. Here I am, Lord. Choose me. Send us, God. We pray for ascending on this campus, God. I pray that you would send us out, that we'd be a light to those that don't know Jesus yet, those that are struggling, God, that the light of Jesus would shine through us. God, I pray that you would remove pharaohs, God, that you'd show us what that is, and by your power, God, that we would take that pharaoh out. We'd dethrone that pharaoh. We set our eyes on you today, Jesus. If you're a student here today at Vanguard University, if you could just stand with us. We want to pray for you. Just go ahead and stand right now, students. Ezekiel is one of the pastors on site here at Vanguard. Um, incredible man of God. And we're blessed to have him as part of our church. I'm just going to have Ezekiel pray over you uh, for your school year. I know you've been prayed over a lot, by the way. <laughs> Pastor Mike Whitford's a good friend of mine. I know that there's been a lot of prayers. It's been awesome. But how many know you can never have enough prayer? <laughs> you can never have too much prayer. So Ezekiel's going to pray over us. Thank you, guys. I'm your outreach chaplain this year, and I do want to pray over the student body because you're going to be seeing my face around school a lot. So if you see me come up, if you see me, don't, say, don't be afraid to say hi. I don't bite. You know, just come up and say, what's up, Zeke? I'll say, what's up? Come on, how you doing? And let's have a conversation. Let's go get some coffee. Let's go get some food. But if you want, but for right now, let's pray. I want to pray for you guys, my fellow brothers and sisters who have decided to come to this school. It's not a coincidence that you are here, and it is not by accident that you're here. It is a time, it is an allotted and appointed time by God that you are here. So we're going to pray for this campus, that God is going to move on this campus. It's going to move through you guys, and it's going to embolden you guys. Because I know there's a lot of people who aren't from California. This school is meant to equip those who are outside of California as well and perhaps outside of this nation. And in the name of Jesus, we're going to declare that over your life. So go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, we want to pray right now. We want to thank you, Lord, for all these students who are coming here to Vanguard. We want to thank you for your faithfulness, for reopening this school, to let us on campus, Lord, to let us enjoy community, to let us enjoy each other's time and intentionality with each other, Father God. We thank you for the awesome teachers that you have blessed us with that also want to get to know us. Because we know that at other schools, that doesn't happen. Lord, at this school, we want to pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to pray for a new refreshing here on campus, a revival. Because we know you're doing something and we don't want to miss that opportunity. Lord, we want to see your signs, wonders, and various miracles and the distribution of your spirit through these students. We want to see an overflow of your blessings here, Lord. See your mighty hand moving over each and one of our lives. We want to be filled with the fruits of your spirit, Lord. So we ask that you impart them in us with your goodness, kindness, love, joy, peace. Lord, we, want to, we ask for faith to fill our hearts right now. 
that it would grow larger and larger until it feels like our hearts are going to explode. Lord, we want a deep awareness of your presence, knowing that you are here with us, no matter where we're at. No height, no depth can keep us from your presence, Lord. And we know that you are in front of us, behind us, on our side, and within us. Lord, that when we face trials of various kinds, we're able to rely on your joy as our strength. No matter what test, no matter what essay, no matter what homework assignment, Lord, that you will give us the strength and the power to get through it and bust it out. Come on. Lord, because you said that you who hold up a whole nation holds us up and you would neither, you would neither slip nor slumber. Come on. Lord, let us not forget the salvation that you first decided, that you first declared here on earth. Because we trust in you, Lord. You are our Savior. You are our Redeemer. Come on. For you are the one who was on that cross for our sins. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask for chains to be broken here, Lord. Any fear and anxiety. Let me tell you guys right now. I'm a 23-year-old. I came to school as a 21-year-old. And I'm from L.A. So there's a whole, you know, different community here that I didn't know. But right now, Lord, we pray that you break any fear of anxiety, any fears, any chains, Lord, that will keep us from this community that wants to build us up and help us grow. For if any of us is feeling tempted by something, Lord, that you would remove it. Lord, if you are hearing, I'm sorry, if we are hearing and actually listening to what you have to say, Lord, we pray that we don't harden our hearts to you. Because whatever comes from you is good and we know that goodness flows from you. Father God, in this time, in this new season, in this new year, school year, Lord, give us, give us the will to just push through no matter what adversities uh, face us, Lord. You're so faithful, Lord, and you reward the faithful. And we come before you trusting you with our whole hearts, our whole minds, and our whole being, Lord. Father, if we have fallen away from you, if any of us here have fallen away, Lord, let us receive you again within our hearts because we know that you are a God of more than one chance of more than two chances, of more than three chances, Lord. That there is nothing we can do to offend you enough to keep us from your love, to keep us from your grace and your mercy. Lord, instead of running towards the past, let us run towards you. That we may become imitators of those who inherited the promises through faith. Lord, let us persevere that we might obtain the promises you have for us. Lord, the ones that you prepared beforehand before we were in our mother's womb. Lord, we give you glory and we ask for peace that surpasses all understanding in us. No more fear, no more anxiety, no more depression, Lord. Just your joy, just your joy and your peace because that's what's going to get us through this year. Hallelujah. So we pray this over the student of Vanguard, Lord, that you put your mighty protective hand over them, that you encamp your angels around this campus, Lord, and cover every windowsill with the blood, with your blood, hallelujah. Because we trust in your power, Lord. We trust in your might. There is none like you, Father God, nor will there ever be. So again, we thank you for these students. We are pleased to have them within this house, Lord within your house, Lord, where they can receive 
and be fed. Let them keep coming back in the name of Jesus. And let them be emboldened and go out in the name of Jesus. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.